Good morning. My thanks to Jana and to Carrie Duke uh, for mentioning to you a couple of times this morning that the Next Church National Gathering is coming up in just a couple of weeks. You've heard about this a number of times in the last several months, this very unusual opportunity uh, right here in Cincinnati. Uh, we're mentioning it today because Friday, February 21st, is the deadline to register. So if you have been watching and listening to our announcements the last several months and thinking, I'm going to check that out and I hope I can sign up, the time is this week and we hope to see you there. Will you pray with me? Silence in us, O oh God, any voice but yours. Open us to the powerful presence of your holy word. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Arthur Brooks is a conservative scholar and former president of the American Enterprise Institute. Last week he was the keynote speaker at the annual National Prayer Breakfast in Washington. His speech focused on civility and the dangers of regarding one another with contempt, a message he delivered standing with President Trump to one side of him and Speaker Pelosi to the other. The speech is well worth your reading it, and I will include a link to the entire text in this week's sermon transcript. For me, this centerpiece of his remarks was a lesson that Brooks' father taught him about what he called moral courage. In a free society, his father said, where you don't fear being locked up for your opinions, true courage is not standing up to the people with whom you disagree, it's standing up to the people with whom you agree, on behalf of those with whom you disagree. Are you strong enough to do that? asked Brooks. And then he said, that I believe is one of the ways we can live up to Jesus' teaching to love our enemies. This morning's sermon is not about divisions in our politics, nor is it about Jesus' command to love our enemies, though both of those topics are worth conversation. Rather, it is about the idea Arthur Brooks raised, the idea he called moral courage. I'd say you could also call it spiritual courage. Spiritual courage is needed in these days of division and contempt. It is needed in many circumstances where we seek to love those we may think are our enemies. Spiritual courage is also required in a lot of other circumstances. How do you stand up for people in the world who can't stand up for themselves? How do you choose the good of the community over your own personal preferences? How do you sustain hope when life hands you fear and suffering? A cancer diagnosis, a child sent off to war, the loss of a spouse, lasting struggles with anxiety or depression or addiction. 
So many things in life demand spiritual courage. The Bible is full of stories of spiritual courage. People who do the right thing, live faithfully, endure suffering through a a sort of mysterious inner strength. How do they do it? How can you get some of that spiritual courage for yourself? I will admit that sometimes the answer to that question is a mystery to me, but there is at least one way of building spiritual courage that has always made a lot of sense to me. And that's what I'd like to talk about in reference to this well-known story we read about Moses at the burning bush. Moses, you may remember, grew up in Egypt. He was the child of a Hebrew slave woman, but he was secretly raised in the royal palace of the Pharaoh. Disgusted to discover the abuse of his own people at the hands of the Egyptians, one day Moses' temper boils over and he murders an Egyptian slave master and Moses must flee the country. He travels to the distant land of Midian, gets married, and settles into a regular life as the keeper of sheep. A daily routine of tending the sheep. Not as easy as it may sound, for surely he arose early and worked hard. Sometimes they traveled great distances in order to find food and water for the flock. Along the way they fended off animal predators or bands of human robbers. That's Moses' life, his daily life, the day that he arrives at the burning bush. A bush is ablaze in the wilderness, but is not consumed by the fire. And Moses says this, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why this bush is not burned up. I once heard this Bible story taught by Bishop Douglas Miles, a great teacher of spiritual leaders. He claims that spiritual giants in the Bible all have something in common with Moses, something that separates them from other people. Pay attention, Bishop Miles says, to the words Moses speaks. I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. Moses is not a person who is rushing through life, unable to be surprised or stopped in his tracks. On the contrary, Moses is reflective. He is exactly the kind of person who, when he witnesses something unusual, is going to say, I must turn aside and look. I must stop what I am doing and pay attention to what is going on. Furthermore, says Bishop Miles, Moses is curious. I must turn aside, he says, and find out why the bush is not burning up. These are two things that are distinctive about spiritual giants, about people who have spiritual courage. They are not more faithful or smarter or more talented than anybody else, but they are reflective people. And they are curious people. They look 
and they listen. They notice in order to learn and to grow, and they want to know why things are the way they are. Bishop Miles goes on to say that these are qualities most of us can also have in common with the prophets. We too have time to observe things, to be reflective about them, to be curious about them, to ask questions about why things are the way they are. These are the moments in which we can be guided by God's wisdom. And the challenging thing is that many of us think we do not have this kind of time. Life is busy and its demands are many. Who has time to be reflective? Who has time to be curious? I consider myself to be busy. I was convicted by this teaching from Bishop Miles. I have found when I ask the question seriously that most of the time, if I'm too busy to be reflective and curious, it is my own fault. Sure, there's a lot to do, some of it is beyond our control, but much of my busyness really is self-imposed. If we are willing to make some important choices, most of us really do have the time to be reflective and curious. And if we wish to have spiritual courage in our lives, it is important that we take on that challenge. What distinguishes leaders in our culture, Bishop Miles suggests, is not wealth or position or pedigree. Think about the people you recognize as real substantive leaders. What sets leaders apart is the ability and willingness to take time to reflect and to be curious, to ask questions about why things are the way they are, and to wonder what alternatives might be possible. This is one way people develop that moral courage, that spiritual courage Arthur Brooks was talking about. The capacity to live with compassion and understanding, to do what is right, to put others before self, to endure suffering in your life when it comes your way. When we are reflective and curious, those are the moments when God's wisdom often shows up. I am convinced that the capacity for real spiritual courage comes not from something inside of us. It is not a quality that only some of us possess and others do not, but rather spiritual courage comes from God. And those who are reflective and curious are simply making room for God's wisdom to enter in. God doesn't always show up in burning bushes. There are lots of ways God shapes us with spiritual courage. That work can begin in all kinds of circumstances. Sometimes we can actually prepare for it, train for it, during times when life is good. This is something I talk about with couples who come for premarital counseling. I ask them if they pray together. 
I asked them that, that, knowing that many new couples have not done this, and I asked them if they'd like to try working on it. The insight I am trying to offer when I do that is that there are challenges in marriage that will call for spiritual courage, financial difficulty, children who are struggling, problems in your relationship with each other, serious illness. If you wait until these hard times come along before you ever experiment with praying together, it will be a lot harder and you may not want to do it at all, I tell them. So when times are good, when your relationship is new and you're up for anything, learn how to get comfortable talking to God together. This example, of course, applies in all of our lives. It's not just about marriage. If you want to build spiritual courage for hard times, start by getting comfortable with God when times are good. That's the ideal, of course, and yet I know the reality is that plenty of us find ourselves in the midst of hard times when it finally occurs to us to pray. God understands this, too, and does not penalize us for it. Biblical scholar Renita Weems writes that some of the hardest times in her life, times when God seemed to be the most distant, even completely silent and not answering her prayers, that those were times when she began to see God show up in new and different ways. I accepted the silence, she writes. I accepted the silence as a new way of communicating with the divine. And over time, I learned to perceive God in my life in new, amusing, laughable, glorious ways. None of us seek hard times. None of us desire periods of prayer that seem unanswered. But even in those times, God is often waiting for us to be reflective and curious. And perhaps that's when God shows up with the spiritual courage we've been hoping for. I would suggest to you once again that spiritual courage comes to us not as an act of our own, but as something that God does. And that the thing that is really within our power is to make ourselves more available for it, as Moses does. To try to approach each new day as an opportunity to be reflective and curious. To see and hear. To take notice of what's going on and to wonder why things are the way they are. This is how God takes the raw material of our lives and crafts us into people who are spiritually courageous when the right time comes. Back at the National Prayer Breakfast, Arthur Brooks gave his listeners a piece of wisdom to take with them. My sisters and brothers, he said, when you leave the National Prayer Breakfast today and go back to your lives and jobs, you will be back in a world where there is a lot of contempt. That is your opportunity.
So I want you to imagine there is a sign over the exit as you leave this room. It's a sign I've seen over the doors of churches. Not the doors to enter, but the doors to leave the church. And here's what it says. You are now entering mission territory. It's actually not until next Sunday that I wish to talk to you about what it looks like to enter mission territory, to be confronted with a challenge as Moses will be. But this week I want for you to consider that here in this place, and also at home with your families, at work, or in your car, Christians are meant to spend time building spiritual courage for such a time when it is needed. We are meant to be reflective and curious, to wonder why things are the way they are and how they could be different. When we do that, even if we do not know it, we invite God to strengthen us. Because at some point, the demands upon us will become great, Perhaps the demands upon you are great already. In this life, we need to nurture spiritual courage. Amen.